Welcome everyone to Dr. John Bedker's Leadership Podcast, the podcast focused on leadership. The episode will begin shortly. Thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome, everyone. Let me begin with a quote. A quote from an author and journalist, Robert Carroll. The quote is, Power does not corrupt, it reveals. Now take a moment and think about that for just a second here. Power doesn't corrupt, it reveals. Well, I think there's not much debate that being president of the United States is a very, very powerful position. What they say means something. Their words have meaning. They resonate. They resonate nationally. They resonate globally. That position of power, that voice as president of the United States reveals. This past week, we had a vivid example of that on one of our major networks in the United States, CNN, the Cable News Network. They held over an hour long, supposed, I'll say in quotes, town hall by the former president of the United States, Donald Trump. I say town hall in quotes because it was a house, an audience filled with Trump supporters or people that voted for Trump or people that leaned for Trump. It certainly was not the cross-section. It wasn't Democrats and true independents. It was primarily Trumpers. So, Billed as a town hall, but it was largely a rally for President Trump supporters, President Trump followers. And in that time, certainly Trump revealed himself in, frankly, a quite clearly negative way from a leadership point of view, the principles, the values, the goals, even a few policy points in direct contradiction to the core values and leadership competencies of a leader, period, and certainly a person who is a former president of the United States, a person seeking office again as president. So this week was quite dramatic in this series, very timely as we enter now today, part three of our series on the leadership case for a new civil rights movement. Well, since this week we had such a loud and glaring example of how this former president, Donald Trump, revealed himself, I think it's important to, you know, flip the coin. Is this customary? Is it usual? And it is not. We've had some really good examples, great examples of presidents 
who have revealed themselves in affirmative ways. I'll mention just a few. President Kennedy's eloquence, very eloquent president, was designed to make people think. He often said, I want to make men think, but I'd certainly add to make women think as well. He wanted everyone to think. His eloquence caused people to do that. His successor, President Kennedy's successor, Lyndon Johnson, was a master politician, and his means and methods were quite different. He is often described as using a hammer. Here's a quote from Robert Carroll's work, The Passage of Power. Carroll says this in the book, quote, President Kennedy's eloquence was designed to make men think. President Johnson's hammer was designed to make men act. He was often described, President Johnson was often described as uh, making a hammer blow, hitting with a hammer, designing to make men act. So, two different styles, but leading to affirmative change. Change representative of those that elected them to office. To do good, to help those in need, to help those that were oppressed. These are leadership values and at the heart of the case for change in these series of podcasts. In fact, I would say this is the very real challenge of this episode of the Dr. John Bedker Leadership Podcast. And with that, let me add my welcome. I am John Bedker, your host. So glad to be with you. So this is part three, and it's really a call to action to make you act. As Lyndon Johnson went on to say, shortly after JFK's death, he addressed the joint session of Congress. This was on November 27, 1963, right after JFK's passing. Kennedy said, and I quote, We've talked long enough about writing the books of law. We've talked long enough about civil rights. It is time to make civil rights part of the book of law, to embody justice and equality in legislation. And folks, that's really our call today. That's really our focus today. That is the leadership case. We've talked long enough about civil rights. It's time to write it in the books of law. So how do we do this? Well, we do this by voting. We need to vote out those that will not and have not done this. And most importantly, by voting in those that represent the values of justice and equality. These candidates, these legislators, are needed now. 
It's not an issue of politics. Let me be crystal clear. We're not talking about that. This is a leadership case, not an issue of politics or of party. No, it is not. It is a matter of the very core of our American democracy, where all people, underline that word, all people, are created equal. And all should be treated justly from our founding documents. It is about who we are, who we really are, our true and authentic selves, our identity. We must get down to the basics of leadership about doing the right thing. I've mentioned that so many times and it's incumbent upon me to do it again. The very essence of leadership, do the right thing. And so we must address the core questions of intentionality. What is it that people are intending to do by doing nothing? Well, that's actually doing quite a lot. Avoidance behavior is a serious, serious problem. It's intentional. What if we do, if an elected representative votes against affirmative change or for the status quo? That's intentional. What is truly our intention to do the right thing? We need to ask that of those running for office of those currently in office and seeking re-election. Are you going to help those in need? Are you going to treat all, all, with dignity and respect? Are you going to treat others equally or not? Well, literally daily now, we're seeing stories or just the opposite, the or not, is true. Answering these core value questions is straightforward for a leader. Do the right thing. There is no question, no doubt, no avoidance behavior, no word salad, if you will, or doublespeak that answers the core leadership challenges. Do the right thing by doing any of these things. As I've detailed in the last episode of the Dr. John Bedker Leadership Podcast, more guns does not make ourselves, our families, or our communities safer. More guns do not make a safer nation. That is the truth. Not an opinion, not a perspective. It is a fact. Overwhelmingly, and by data, and corroboration, over and over and over. More guns does not make us safer. It makes us less. Similarly, when you look at local, state, or federal politicians determining 
a woman's health rights. That simply is not the right thing. This is an issue between women and their health care providers. And to be equal, let me just say, the same is true for men. All people should be created equal. I argue that all people are created equal. Leaders do that. They don't subordinate others because of gender. Let healthcare professionals care for patients, not a political body. That simply is not the right thing. And now we go on to a number of other issues where our elected officials and our judiciary, another culprit, have failed. Why it's so important for each of us to lead. This is the leadership case for each and every one of us to stand up, to speak out, and to vote. That is the responsibility of each and every one of us. If a person is running for office and they want to avoid your question about an issue where doing the right thing is frankly straightforward, it's clear. They want to dance around your question. They want to try to answer another question than the one you asked. Or worst of all, they want to tell you one thing, perhaps something you want to hear, and then vote in the opposite. Don't vote for them. Do not vote for them. I can tell you this firsthand on that last one. As a veteran, my congressman speaks loudly and clearly, eloquently, about being pro-veterans. And yet he has repeatedly voted to cut veteran benefits. So be very careful when you judge people, when you make that evaluation about who to vote for. Don't listen so much to what they say. Listen to what they do or have done. We need to know who they really are. For example, our gun culture is out of control. If the person running for office does not make it clear that they would vote for legislation to change this culture, don't vote for them. Again, I don't care what party. I don't care who they are. I don't care how many times they've been there. If this person is going to promote this gun culture, this violent culture, whose consequences we read about and watch on TV and on our social media literally every day, don't vote for them. Vote for a person who's going to alter that culture, who's going to bring about gun safety, not the advancement in the easing of any gun restrictions. Women's health care and reproductive rights also out of control. If the person running for office does not make it clear, the women and men's health care is the province of healthcare professionals 
and their patients, not politicians, don't vote for them. It doesn't matter whether it's a local, a state, or a federal. They have no business making the determination of a decision between a healthcare professional and the patient, between a doctor and a woman. So again, as I mentioned in the intro this past week, we had an abundantly clear example of someone running for office that clearly and boldly wants to lie to you without equivocation or timidity. Donald Trump. When he appeared on that CNN show for over an hour, and literally from the get-go, from the very beginning, starts with his lies. I mean, it's, it's disturbing beyond belief. Something a leader should never, ever, ever do. Nor should we tolerate. Nor should we consider voting for a person that lies pathologically, regularly, consistently, and does it in a way that is just beyond disturbing as it affects others. A leadership position for anyone, but certainly for someone running for president of the United States, must be firmly grounded in facts. They must unequivocally tell the truth. And certainly we saw this week, but we see regularly and routinely how Donald Trump is the polar opposite. He is a pathological liar. Frankly, from a leadership point of view, unfit for any position of leadership. A vote for Trump is a vote against democracy, against American values, against America, and certainly against the norms, the beliefs, the values, and the documents that this country was founded. And so I'm going to conclude part three of the series with touching on some closing issues. I think we've done a fairly good and clear job about gun culture, not only in this series, but in previous episodes. Women's health care, again, we've talked about reproductive rights. We talk about doing the right thing. That's really a medical decision between that medical professional and their patient, not politicians. But let's talk about several others. Voting. Should we be suppressing the vote? No. Everyone eligible, legal, appropriate, proper, should have the opportunity to vote. We shouldn't work at making laws, policies, regulations to suppress the vote. Similarly, in the vote counting, free and fair elections are the norm. And if, in fact, as we learned this last time, that after multiple recounts, after multiple audits, after over 63 court cases, that not one race 
is overturned. None. Zero. We have to understand that we have free and fair elections. We do. What about work? What about unions? Well, the right of people to collectively bargain for their pay, for their benefits, for their pension, for their health care, to have a seat at the table about their own destiny. Because what happens if they don't is we create this ever-increasing income disparity between those at the top and those that do the work. What about our courts? Out of control. Out of control. We have a politicized court. We have a U.S. Supreme Court that, oh my goodness, is so far off the rails, it's disturbing from a leadership point of view. Doing the right thing, they are not. Whether it's a shadow court docket or overturning what the vast majority of Americans believe uh, to be appropriate law with Roe versus Wade by now contemplating whether an important drug that's been around for decades and has been proven to be absolutely safe should be just blanketly taken off by a right-wing judge. The court's politicization must come to an end. What about foreign policy? Again, every one of these issues may be important, particularly to you, or maybe not so. But, but to, to those of you that it is, ask the questions about doing the right thing. Should we only be giving the weaponry, the ammunition, to reach a tie? Or should we be fighting to win? Should we be giving enough to win, not just keep even? We need to figure out who our friends are and who they are not. Climate change. I saw a comedian talk about this and, you know, you, you laugh because his comment was, and climate change. Well, you know, we're going to do nothing. Well, no, I take it back. That's not right. We're going to do absolutely nothing. I mean, how tragic is that? We are plotting our own extinction. How could we not have that as a huge and important issue? The idea that we need to continue to generate more and more fossil fuels is absolutely no, not the right thing. Yeah, it's complicated. Yeah, there's no perfect answer. It'll take time. It'll take money. But shouldn't we try to save our planet? We're currently talking about deficits and budget setting. Well, for the money that we've already spent, you know, the credit card bill, so to speak. Well, I don't see that as anything but due. We have to pay our bills. But what about next week? What do we spend? That's a different discussion. And I think an important discussion. As I read the news and understand it, simply, we're spending $4 for every $3 we take in in revenue, in taxes. Well, that's stupid. Silly. It's not the right thing. But that discussion is separate from should we pay our bills or not? No, those are two very, very different discussions. So let's do the right thing. Racism, always in 
seemingly forever, and I wish that wasn't so. We have got to talk about systemic racism. We've got to talk about white nationalism and link to that Christian nationalism in the worst way. Education, let our kids get educated. Do not politicize that. We're seeing that now across the country, limiting books and courses and putting restrictions on teachers because they want to give a full and complete understanding of our history. Regulation, we've gone to some great length to deregulate under Republican administrations. Well, I think the current train episodes make that abundantly clear. It may not be a genius move. The right thing is, it's important at times to have regulation, but make them smart, make them good, make them right. But the idea of deregulation across the board is not the right thing. And lastly, I'm going to say immigration. is. This issue has gone on for decades and decades. It is now at a point where we can't do incremental change. We can't do little things. We have to do transformative to do the right thing. This idea that Trump mentioned this week of separating families, absolutely not. That's not the right thing. Vote against that, everyone. We have to try to do the right thing. We have to listen. We have to hear. We have to say it's not about politics. It's about culture. It's about who we are, our identity. America and Americans, our identity. Humility and ambition. Tough. I've talked about this a little bit before. Tough qualities, but we need them both. We must not say incremental change is all we can do. No, we need transformative change. We need a new civil rights movement. We have to be humble about that, doing the right thing, but ambitious to say not only we can, but we must. All right, so I'll bring this to a close and say thank you so much. Not politics, please, but leadership. We must do the right thing. Whatever the issue, make sure that you ask questions, that you speak up and speak out, and that you vote. And encourage others to do the same, to do the right thing. Thanks again, everyone. Talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in to Dr. John Bedker's Leadership Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please tell your friends and, of course, please follow our podcast and subscribe. Thank you again for tuning in.